welcome back to another episode of the Avi Omen Experience. In this episode, Aviana is going to be speaking with two people who continually not only come to the studio, but are really deep into doing the work, showing up, not only to our classes, but they're doing the work on their own as well. And that is Deanna and Sandy. And so for those of you who may or may not be aware, Sandy now is part of the Avium studio team. So for those of you who've been coming here, you've been seeing her, you know, helping us and really just in helping AV on her schedule and also now helping with the acupuncture and the chakra table. So amazing soul. And then Deanna, who's basically started her own business doing, you know, cupcakes and, you know, just 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 focus on that because they talk about it in the podcast and it's really just jumping off she's you know getting busy and really just following her joy and her passion so both of them were here in the studio and so av decided that you know let's record a podcast and so i took out the portable one which is what i'm recording on now and just press record and i just watched three amazing women not only fuse their own wisdom, but just speaking back and forth. It's an amazing conversation. But one thing I do want to premise is basically for for us, what does our beliefs and our experiences mean to you, the listener? And I just want to make it clear that whenever we're talking about anything, it comes from a perspective of our truth, but it doesn't mean it's the truth. So we all have to experience our own truth in our own way through our own awakening so we do talk about you know kind of pharma and about medications and there are some medications out there that do help people that don't have side effects and really more we're focusing on the ones that do have side effects that really wind up uh you know causing harm as well as as good and we've experienced that firsthand and so this is i don't want i want to make sure that this is not something that the listener feels that you feel that we are against or or anything like that but you know sometimes you do have to make a stand with your own awakening and make the choice whether or not you're going to go out there and you're going to educate people awaken them so that they can then pursue their own internal healing, which really that's what it comes down to. It's about executing and really just creating the own inner healing within yourself. So without further ado, this is this week's podcast with Aviana, Sandy, and Deanna. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day, week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. Peace. Hello, this is Aviana with the Avi Om Experience. Super, super excited to uh, have a couple people in the studio this evening, which was totally impromptu, which is really good that we like to do these types of things. So with me this evening, um, I have two special people who are regulars here at the studio, and we wanted to just bring their perspective into this experience about how they have been meditating what it's done for them their experiences and anything else organically that begins to come up from this conversation so both of these people are here locally in flushing 
and they're going to introduce themselves. And then along with that, again, just have a great organic experience with these two beautiful souls. So um, let me just introduce them and then we'll bring them in. The first one um, is Deanna Consman. And then the second one you've heard me talk about before, um, Sandy Hickey, who is actually um, newer to our team doing uh, my helping me with my appointments. And so uh, for those of you who have submitted requests, you then begin to see and uh, have conversations with her via email. So we have both of these people in the studio and super excited. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Super awesome. Um, so both of you are new to podcasting, right? So um, how does it feel to be like on the spot with the microphone in your hand? Intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> but fun at the same time, right? <laughs> so uh, let me just back up for a second. So we were supposed to be doing something else this evening. And uh, we decided to spring this on the both of you uh, impromptu. So because it's sometimes if you have this planned out, then you start worrying about it. Whereas not that you would worry about it, but you didn't have any time to react to it because we just brought the equipment down and, and here we are. So hopefully, hopefully um, you're you're cool with it. So here we are on a Saturday evening, not that we want to date this, but it's um, in the middle of June and we're on a Saturday evening recording a podcast, which is super crazy. Awesome, too. So let's start with you, Deanna. So um, how long have you been meditating? How do you feel it has uh, benefited you and do you notice that your life is shifting because of your practice? I started meditating probably about the time that you opened up the studio. Um, I got on Insight Timer for um, I think maybe Nikki. Nikki Beer had recommended that during a massage session and then she had mentioned that you were opening up the studio and then I started popping in and doing the Insight Timer and that was my first experience with meditation. Wow. So that was it. So cool. nobody in my family meditates. That just isn't something that was ever brought up. Uh-huh. I'd say I'm probably here at nearly every event that you have at this point. It's kind of like your pillow says, my happy place. So as far as shifting, I'm finding that this last year, um, I work here in the local school district. And I think that I, in this last year, respond differently during my job. Now, I know that I'm at a point that I'm feeling a shift in where I want to go in my life. And I think that when I became more, I became more easily frustrated prior to the meditating. And now I'm falling back on just going and, and taking a, a break when I need it, which has been extremely helpful, especially when you're doing something that you don't really feel is where you're supposed to be at this point. Right. Explain that. You know, I've, I bake. I bake. And so that's where my, my heart is at. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult, um, in your word, harmonizing the the responsibilities that need to occur with raising a family and, and having a, a steady income coming in. But I'm, 
I'm more open to taking the risk and falling forward and putting myself out there more than I did before. People knew, you know, in my job, as you know, in the district, that I like to bake and they could, you know, count on me to bring cupcakes to the lightest, you know, get together that we were having. You know, Deanna's gonna bring the cupcakes. It was just, that's just how it was. But they never really, I guess it never really came to their head that, oh, Deanna makes the cupcakes. Like she's, <laughs> right. that's what she wants to do. Um, and so when I, you know, I, I created business cards and, and I. That's all recent. Yes. So. Yeah, probably like spring break-ish. Right. So how long have you enjoyed baking? Like forever? Oh my gosh. I've been baking since I was a kid. And then you just, you just fully stepped into this as of around spring break. Mm-hmm. Like officially, officially, I took with the business some, cards. I took some business or some um, cake decorating classes back when Luke was two years old, and he's now seventeen. Um, through Michael's craft store. Oh wow! And so I had begun baking then, and had dabbled in baking, um, you know, big decorative cakes and stuff. But that's that's really hard when you're baking in your, you know, basic kitchen oven to do, you know, great big elaborate cakes, mm -hmm. and so. I got rid of all of those pans, you know, about, I don't know, five, six years ago. And then I think it was October, you did that uh, little spiritual sangha thing and called me out when I said <laughs> that, <laughs> when I said I was at an impasse and you were like, you know, BS, what do you think you're supposed to be doing? And so I'm like, all right. And now you have business cards. I have business cards. And you are filling orders like every, I, like all the time. Yeah, I have a, at least one or two orders a week since then. And I just got a um, class reunion for September. Oh, so I've got that's something big. booked, you know, for the second week of September in advance, wow. which is kind of cool because then it's just, it's, it's there. It's, it's out there. Right. You know, it's not like, oh, this week, you know, someone might want some scones. You know, right. it's like I know that that's out there, so it's it's not something that I'm not going to do. Right, and right. So, and I also, um, in the process, um, set up a, a Facebook like page. What is it called? Um, Deanna's Desserts and Dreams. And I've been posting pictures. I, Even if I don't have an order, I end up baking something so I can take a picture mm -hmm. to tease people. And yes. get them to order. <laughs> yes, so. yes, it works. I will tell you, so um, we've had the pleasure of having your cookies and cupcakes. And scones. Um, scones, yes. Your cupcakes are my favorite. Um, with the, the filling inside. The strawberry filling. The strawberry filling is my favorite. And, like, I think I said this before, like, I can't just eat one. Like, I freaking have to eat two of them. But I haven't had any in a while. Um, but it's they're so good, and um, I think it's I like moist. Mm -hmm. You know, I like this like soft. Whereas so many times you have cake or cupcakes and they're really dry or you don't know how old that they are or whatever. And I think because you put that filling in there, it's just like holy smokes. I've just never tasted a cupcake like your cupcake. So um, I love that you're stepping into it and that you've. I have business cards and you um, have a Facebook page now 
and you're fully stepping into that because we also know that when you send that signal out, the universe hears you, which right. is why, you know, you're getting, you know, business now too. So do you feel that meditation has helped you move into that? I do. Um, I'm trusting myself more for lack of, I, I think that's just what it is. I'm just, I'm trusting myself more and it's, it's going to work out. You know, I, I, I know that I still kind of need my other job at this point. Um, but my kids are going to be grown and gone, you know, very soon. And then I can do what's more for me. I'll send and you not my have kid. to worry. <laughs> <laughs> just when um, you feel you have that empty house so i i i'm looking forward to not having to worry about you know what the kids need or that extra stuff um that come with just having children in the home um and see where it lands me I had to laugh because Sandy had mentioned the empty building right on the corner over here and said that looks like a perfect spot for a bakery and I mm -hmm. said oh two doors down from yes bakery. yes <laughs> you know it's like, yes oh, that's... there's one right here too yes the little building right here, right behind us. Like, I, like everyone can see where my, my finger is pointing. Um, so yeah, like right, like right over here in the back of the building. I walked a, past it yesterday when I was parked across the street from uh -huh. meditation. Super cute place. And was looking in all the windows, going, "Hmm, yes, yeah, yeah. it is. It's really cute." And the rent's not that much. Just FYI, it's such a cute place. I remember before we got this place, I kept eyeing that place i mean there's no way we could fit in there i mean it's just, it's really small um but it's such a cute building it's such a cute little entrance with a cute little awning it is, and it's super cute they the got the patio almost yes off the side. yes so um i would make a call and uh just inquire about the rent whether you do it or not it's just that you're doing the inquiry actually interestingly enough um two years ago two years prior to this past year of the studio, we inquired um, about the studio, but I was too, I was too financially afraid to make the commitment. And so then uh, after that didn't work, he, the, our landlord decided that they were going to stay here. So they took the sign down. And then when they put the sign back up is the same day that I had called him now for this time around. So it was, it was so, it was two years in the making before we were ready to make that commitment. So what's to say by you just making that call, you're mm -hmm. actually declaring that you're what you're calling forth. Cause Chris and I have a belief system that, you know, our years are already somewhat planned. So like we didn't even know we were having this podcast to, tonight, but the universe knew we were going to have this podcast tonight, you know, so it's, it's completely all planned out. And, and what's to say you just talking on this podcast is not gonna, you know, open more opportunities for you. So we just never know. We never know what's in store for us. We never know at the time when we're in apprehension or fear what we are actually projecting in a positive way. So, you know, it's just so beautiful how it all it all works and how it all, you know, plans out. So 
uh, your assignment is to call on Monday. <laughs> is there an oven in there? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Not the not through the windows. I was speaking. Through. Yeah. Right. It looks pretty open. More as more of a um, kind of an office spacey type. Yes. Showcase type area. Or maybe what could you but, could do? I don't know how. The, I don't know logistically how all this works, but um, maybe you could cook from home and then that's your place that you sell out of that's the storefront you know I, but i legally i don't know if that's possible you know you might have to have a commercial kitchen you know all, all of those types of things but it's such a cute space where you could do some really cooper super it's cooper school nice. things <laughs> cooper school. yeah super cool things yes right <laughs> yeah. yeah i've been having a few problems with words today they're like coming out um backwards but that would be cool well with all the windows there i just as i was walking you know they have the curved windows and yes it is, it's a very cute space super cute space what other space were you thinking about down here oh we just saw we just saw this the corner, corner. Oh. had put up you know taped the windows and i'm like oh maybe that one's available now. yes yes actually um uh we don't know what they're doing in there but um th who the people in there bought the building so they're they're renovating but it's interesting how, you know, it's funny, too, because they have all the windows taped. And um, we were thinking about that, too, when we were doing all the renovation here. Um, but our contractor said, I need those windows open because so I can see to what see. we're doing in here. <laughs> um, but it's so funny because ev everyone wants, like, top secret. Like, we don't it's want you to be a big reveal. I know it's a big reveal. And that's such a cool building, you know, over there. Such a super cool building. So, well, and you never yeah. know with the uh, current bakery and coffee shop right. hmm. yeah they might be interested in right phasing out you never know you never know he's offered me to come in and i'm and all bake. game <laughs> see there you got a partner so, already yeah, yeah. i told her that before i said nice place for a coffee shop and bakery huh right right wow then you can cater for us there you go there see done that's already done. That's what making doggy treats. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, some doggy treats and some yeah, all kinds of some Gracie Earl ice cream. Yes. We'll we'll come in, we'll stop in and visit. How cool is that? See, that's when you start collaborating, like all these like little ideas start emerging and moving forward. So is that your goal is to be done with the J O B and then fully step into that? Is that is that your goal? I in my head, which I shouldn't be in, um, but I know that, you know, my son's a senior next year, and then Grace has two more years after that. Um, my One of my tasks this summer was to look and see how many years I actually have vested in Michigan as far as retirement. I think I'm at 20, maybe even a little bit higher than that, um, which would be a nice right. thing to look into. Um, but yeah, I, I do. Nice. I do. Good. You know, whether it's, and I know that, I mean, I'll grow out of the home because my plan, even with my home is to downsize, um, you know, cause I won't need all the space and yard work and all of that that I have. And if I step into baking full time, I'm not going to have the quote unquote summers off, right. you know, from the school. Um, to 
play in my gardens, you know, right. at one o'clock in the afternoon. Right. You have to remodel your kitchen and put another oven in. Oh, right. Definitely. <laughs> the kitchen oven. is the centerpiece exactly. of the home. Exactly. Yeah. Knock out a couple walls and just make the whole upstairs living area kitchen. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. That's, yeah, it's interesting because with us um, moving here, obviously we had a home and, you know, a big yard and all of that. And then downsize and move to the studio. And I will tell you, it's the most, at least for me, awesome feeling of not having to pay for snowplow, pay for lawn service, you know, pay for the shrubs to be done, you know, because we just didn't have time to do it. So, and it, you know, you have to have your lawn mode every week. Twice mm-hmm. a week. Right now, right? <laughs> no, right. I'm like, with, I'm out there with, twice a week. Without the rain and everything that's happening. And so now we just have a few weeds to pull in the in the mulch garden here. And it's just, it. you don't realize how much it alleviates of time. Even though we're not doing it, but then it's one last thing I have to remember to tape the money to the door, you know, for the people or, you know, oh, are they coming today? It, it's just, it's one last thing. So it's nice when you, when you, downsize when you don't have as many responsibilities and we have a snowplow guy now but he's our next door neighbor's person so it's just i just give the money to them you know I mean, it's just super easy well and as you've said you know the strange thing is is that i know i'll be working more but i can come home from work and know that i have to bake so many cupcakes for the next day or get them iced or whatever and be up late and not feel tired. Crazy. But if I Dharma. came home right. and knew I have, you know, five IEPs to write for the next two days, it's exhausting. And so I know you've said that where people are like, oh, you're going to burn out because you're going, going, going. Yeah. It's different. No. Because look, let's, it is because even like look at the scenario tonight, there was there we were going to do an event tonight. And uh, could have very well said, hey, guys, you know what? We're just going to shut this down. We're going to go up the stairs and rest. And we didn't do that. We said, let's record a podcast, right? So it could have been very easy to say, "Mm, no, we're just going to chill out. But why not use this time in the space that's provided and crank out some content? You, You have choices. And we would rather crank out content than just chillax because what are you going to you we got lots of time to chill we have very little time to step into what our heart's desire is and spent in this lifetime you know so um and plus it's fun and plus you know your your story is going to help people because that's what it's about so it's about sharing it's about being an inspiration it's you know harmonizing your work and then doing what you love to do a lot of times people don't know how to harmonize that because they there's always so many excuses to 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 consider versus to step into it but once you start doing it just like you said you're not tired uh because you're filling the soul you're not just wasting time you know so um awesome thank you for sharing yay yay awesome sandy (laughs) yes (laughs) ma'am um so I have to just preface your story just a little bit. So, oh, boy. Yeah, right? <laughs> you can just tell it for me. I'll be good with that. Um, but it's so powerful to watch this transition with you. Um, so you've been coming to the studio since almost since it's opened. How mm-hmm. did you hear about it? 
You know, we tried to figure that out one day, and I have no idea how I ended up here, to be honest. Did you find out from Nikki, too? I don't know. It might have been. Did you guys know each other before the studio? No, and she lives like literally (laughs) around the corner. corner. Wow. Yeah. Like she she put my address in to come and get me and thought I was on the other side of the river. And she's like, oh, you're like right there. (laughs) Like within walking distance. I I mean, she could just walk over to the house. Holy cow. That's crazy. Cut through her backyard, through the next backyard, and she'd be in my backyard. And full of poison ivy. So So, um, so you don't remember how you heard about it? Because you're not really a, uh, uh, you weren't a Facebook user, no, so it wasn't from Facebook. Facebook. Um, so it just, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. And you've been like, but almost since we've opened, right? You've been oh, here. I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've been here. <laughs> you guys know I'm at your back door, like <laughs> peeking in. <laughs> Are you open yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly you've, um, I mean, we've witnessed a, a huge shift with you. Uh, are you aware of your shift? Yeah, I see it more, you know, now. I think, to be honest, you know, I was trying to fit into so many different environments and places, and I just didn't fit into any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got tired of trying, you know, and I think that's when I started looking inside rather than outside mm-hmm. to try to figure out where I needed to go, who I needed to be around, what I needed to do. And um, I actually started meditating probably a couple years ago, though, uh, trying to find that inner peace part. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I also started getting more serious with running because um, I go in a lot of spurts. But like you said, too, about getting up or staying up and being able to do what you want to do, I had no problem getting up at 4.30 in the morning to run. It it just has, it drives you to have to do that to find that peace, you know. And then I could go all day long and everybody's like, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? No, I'm not tired. Right. <laughs> you know? so right. What time do you go to bed? 11, 12, I don't know, somewhere when I get there. Right. You know, so, and then you get up at 4.30 again? I said, yes. But the exercise gives you more energy. Exactly. People don't understand that. No. Yeah. They think it, it tires Actually, you I'm one of those people that it does exactly the opposite. Crazy. Like, really? Yeah. And, and I've tried... Uh, Every single option, you know, I had a personal trainer and um, we did mornings and then evenings. And interestingly enough, uh, morning, first of all, I would, I started going in the evening. So after work, I would just go, you know, right, right to the gym and do my training. Um, And then like on the weekends, um, he said, I want you to come in in the morning. And I'm like, ugh. And, and, and he's like, let's just try it. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now, because every time that I had worked out in the morning, I would literally within a half hour, come home and take a nap, super counterintuitive. And so he's like, Mm-mm, I don't believe you because you're, you're supposed to get more energy when you work out. And so I, I went in, I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's try and get out of that program. And, um, I would come in he goes, you're not anywhere near as productive in the morning as you are in the evening. I do my workouts after work during the school year, and I prefer to work out between 9 and 11 during the summer. Really? In the morning. Mm-hmm. So I, I, can't, I, I can't do morning. So, I mean, I can, but I need to, within 30 minutes, it's like to the, and I need like a half hour, 45 minute nap, and then I'm good. But there has to be some leeway but when i work out in the evening 
come home, take a shower, and I sleep like a baby. So it's for some reason it it mornings don't work. Yeah, we're getting logic. on a tangent. I can't. If I do it at night, I'm up. I mean, yeah. anything past like six thirty, you're up. Really? Yeah. I sleep good I sleep too. Good. <laughs> it must be the kapha. I think we're kapha. So kapha is a dosha, and so um, it's probably connected to that. Whereas you're more pitta vata, and so you're, I, and I'm what sp- does that mean? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm what? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, after at the, we'll do a dosha quiz, and you'll you're gonna be you're probably gonna be let me let me feel you out. You're gonna be kapha. Deanna's gonna be kapha. You're probably tridoshic. So you, they're telling me um, kapha um, vata pitta. Fragilistic. <laughs> right. And you're going to, you're going to be um, pitta vata. So um, yeah, we'll do the quiz after and we'll, we'll share the results. Yeah. So, um, so it's based on Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is like the science of life. So it goes, it, that, that whole Ayurveda is connected to these doshas, which is how they calibrate energy. So I'm, I'm like a hundred percent kapha. So I'm, I'm, it just came to me that that's probably why I can't do morning workouts. So as this is my dosha. We just learned a whole new vocabulary. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's super. So for those of you who want to find your dosha, you can, uh, there's actually a book called um, Perfect Health by Deepak Chopra. Um, or you could even go to um, Google a dosha quiz and then type in the Chopra, Chopra Center. So dosha is D-O-S-H-A. Christopher will put those in the, that in the show notes um, and the link. And then you can just, it's, it's very fascinating. I actually believe that our whole system will go and connect to Ayurvedic. Um, which is super amazing. So you can eat based on your dosha. You can work out based on your dosha. Um, and, and things start moving much more. Does that mean I have to give up chocolate? No. <laughs> <laughs> you but don't have to give up anything. Me, I don't no. know. But maybe you go to dark instead of milk. <laughs> I don't care what kind it is. Right. Except for white. I'm not a really big oh, white chocolate. Like I don't like much. white either. It's too oh. sweet. Uh, we went back to like little baking things right <laughs> there. No, it's all good. It's all good. That's because my stomach's growling. <laughs> oh, right, right. So let's go back to um, uh, your story. So you've been meditating for you were a couple of years prior to coming to the studio. Um, you're very active here in the studio. Obviously, you're helping us now. You're mm-hmm. part of uh, the experience here. So do you feel that, um, I was also asking you, do you, can you witness your own growth? Uh, obviously we can, do you, can you witness your own growth in your everyday work? And so actually, why don't you tell us what you do? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I have been a pharmacist for probably 30 years now. And, um, really you don't want me dispensing any of your medications though. (laughs) Because I really have not done that in about 10 years. Um, I've been in the specialty arena, and what that means is we take care of people that have more chronic disease conditions, you know, with uh, cancer, um, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, HIV, um, so more of the patients that have chronic conditions. But I also work on the backside of things. I'm kind of more like in the library if people have questions or I create uh, information about drugs. Um, I don't necessarily dispense them anymore. So how, how, how do you feel about that industry now, now that you're immersed in more of the 
not that meditation is alternative, but it's more of a different way of thinking than science. For sure. And pharmacy is science for, you know, very, yeah. very science. So how do you, how do you harmonize that? What's interesting is that I honestly have not always been a big fan of medications. Um, even when I started the practice, it was more, I felt I needed to help people or I wanted to help people. And, um, I don't know, you know, why pharmacy, I couldn't really tell you, you know, but it's a path that I ended up on um, and started, you know, many years ago. And I think it was just honestly because talking to patients more than here's your medication, here's how you take it, go home and don't tell me anything else. You Uh know, it was more like the next time they came in, if I did see them, you know, asking how they were, what was new, you know, it was more that perspective, I think, than the medications. But now, honestly, you know, 30 years later, and I read a lot about the clinical trials with medications, honestly, not impressed. It actually scares me more than it uh, excites me that something is coming new to the market to help people. Because I honestly don't know how long it, it, it will help people before it may end up causing problems somewhere else down the road. Uh, they are approving medications from drug manufacturers very quickly through some channels, and I don't think they really have the long-term data that they need to actually support those. Why do you feel that they're coming more quickly? Pressure from population, people, um, doctors, you know, the government, you know, you have to get something out to help these patients so we can be, and I'm not trying to be rude, but they want to be in the limelight. They want to say, see what we we brought to you, we're, we're helping to fix this, you know, but I don't see a permanent fix. It's, it's a bandaid. It's another, it's another step that they're taking. And I, 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 maybe it's their ego, you know, look at me egos and, and it's not really where it should be. Mm -hmm. Because when you approve a medication or any, any type of substance, I mean, it, it's um, the science behind it can take years and years and years and years and years and years, like beyond our lifetimes right. for, for things. To understand something about that, too, if you read any anything on a medication and it says, we don't really know how this works. You know, they call them package inserts and it's all the med- medication information that you get. They don't know how it works. If you don't know how it works, then what are you putting it into somebody's body for? Right. You know, it's it's a side effect from something else. I don't know. You right. Know, so. Right. It's not a science. Is it really a science at that point? No, it can't it's be. A guessing if it's not. Game. It's a guessing game. Wow, that's kind of that's really scary. So we're we're trusting as a population, we're trusting these companies, doing a really good guessing game <laughs> of quick fixes or just let me feel better for a moment for a while mm-hmm. um and then what are the long-term effects that are happening uh we don't know interesting that's a whole nother conversation it is <laughs> and i probably shouldn't go down that road uh, so do you find yourself um hopefully this is not the case but it's it may be do you find yourself more frustrated with your line of work now that you're you're stepping more into honoring and giving attention to your soul? Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, I I think I've voiced to you guys so many times in the past year that 
you know, I'm ready to move or change, not move as in physically, I guess, but maybe that's in the works too. I don't know. But to get out of that business, you know, because I don't have the faith and confidence in it. I don't have, um, I don't see the truth in it anymore. That's, so. that's hard to go there every day then. It is. How do you, how do you shift working with patients? But because I know you don't do a, a ton of that. But if you see, if you see someone like, do you, do you now approach them from a perspective of how can I help you in this way? Like, do you find yourself not promoting chemicals, but promoting other things like under the radar? I don't even want to say it's under the radar, to be honest, because anytime anybody comes to me, I immediately, I, you know, I had a friend that, you know, very young, actually, in my book, but he was 27. And he had high blood pressure, like critically high blood pressure. And so he reached out to me to ask me about the medication that his doctor put him on. And I said, but okay, you're going to take that. But are you meditating? Are you doing yoga? Are you, let me talk to you about your diet. Let me see what, you know, those pieces of your lifestyle are like. And in fact, he said, just said he started doing yoga. Um, and I said, you need to meditate. I said, I don't care if you do 10 minutes once a day. I said, but I prefer twice a day at this uh -huh. point, but 10 minutes twice a day. Mm -hmm. Give me that. Yes. And so it, same thing. Someone asked me, you know, about antibiotics. You know, I'm like, okay, what kind of symptoms do you have? I don't ask them, oh, yeah, go tell your doctor you want this. It's not that type of a conversation anymore. Right. I have to find out what's going on before, you know, I... I I usually will say an antibiotic is not the answer to everything, uh -huh. you know, or, you know, use Epsom salt soaks, you know, when there's aches and pains, you don't need Motrin and Tylenol right. every time. Right. You know? right. So it's, I don't know, it's one of those things, but, you know, interesting enough, it comes back and this friend of mine had said, they actually, his meditation and he only goes to yoga once a week, but he says he's been doing the meditation. He's actually finally starting to silence his mind a little bit. Uh -huh. So... Yes. And things are getting a little bit under control for him. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm never a big proponent of, yeah, go take this or take yes. this, you know. Yes. There's so many other ways to help bridge these gaps that we have as a society. I, I feel that, um, we're such a right here, right now society, fix meaning me. fix me and I need to be fixed right now. Like I want to right now, I, I don't want to you know, move through a process of healing. I just want it to be gone. And it's the, it's the quick fix is what we call it here. And we're, we're, that's what our world is, is like where we want it right here, right now, instantaneous. And we know that meditation, you feel better, but it's, it's almost like a vitamin. We were talking about that earlier in our conversation. We don't necessarily know it's working because it's super quiet and super subtle, but then all of a sudden we're we're moving through experiences where it's things it's not getting under our skin as much or we're we're more even keeled in our temper or we we have a, a bit more understanding or we we uh, um, can smell and talk to the flowers more where before we didn't even notice the flowers. You know, it's just all of a sudden things become more clear because we're creating more space and time with it. So you know, with your, the person that has high blood pressure, you know, kudos to him because he is now going through the process of but recognizing he's also this. open to it and realizing that yes. not everything is fixed by 
medications either. So yes. that's the mindset that you don't you don't find that for most people. Right. <clears throat> you yes. actually find the opposite. Well, I, what what drug can I take? What can I take to fix this? Yeah. And a lot of times when I talk to people too, it's like um if they have you know, diabetes later in life and they have abused their bodies by eating whatever they wanted, however they wanted, for as long as they wanted, but now they want something to fix them. Right. It's not going to happen. The overnight thing does not work, even with medications. Right, right. There was a, um, there was, so we had meditation last night, the summer solstice meditation, Friday night, um, and Chris and I were talking about this, like, quite enamored with the amount of people that were here last night it was wonderful holy cow on a friday and night so many new people yes half almost half. wasn't it yes over half of the people were new and it was you know it was a totally impromptu meditation friday night we don't do friday night meditations and then it's summer fest it's super nice outside like we're thinking nobody's gonna show up <laughs> and we had like 40 people here like, oh my goodness, it's which is so exciting. One of those people that showed up last night new to the studio, um, she had been messaging me, um, wanting to know uh, we're the last resort. She's tried every medicine, she's tried every therapist. She cannot uh, um, quiet her anxiety, her fears. She's a bundle of nerves. And she said, you're my last resort can I, can I, do I need to register for meditation? Like, um, she found us on Facebook. And so she decided to come last night. She was the first one here, which I love, you know, just kind of like looking around and feeling it out. She came by herself, uh, which was also huge because sometimes people, you're coming into a thing that you've never done before. And then you're coming by yourself, which is huge. So that it really tells me that she's ready to, to step into this. And, um, at the end of meditation, she came up to me last night and said, I am so in love with this practice and I've never done it before. And she said, I'll be back on Sunday. Goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> like it's in it. And it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, you never know who's going to come in and what type of experience that they're going to have because, you know, this isn't, I don't want to say we do traditional meditation here, but we do a lot of singing. We do a lot of chanting. There's a, we have a beautiful community, at least in my opinion, like everyone loves each other and is supportive of each other. There's no one who comes here and wants to sit across the room from someone because they don't want to talk to them. It's, it's, um, it's a gathering, it's a gathering space. And so, um, she said, she goes, I can't, wait to come back right and she so she's gonna be here tomorrow. she's gonna be here mm -hmm. she's gonna be here so which is which i she's open to it too like your friend with the high blood pressure uh because nothing else has worked and and i feel that that's gonna be the norm here soon where where nothing is working or it's temporary fixes it's not getting to the root of the problem because we can take medicine for so long and then all of a sudden you know, it's it doesn't have the same effect. We it become, doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work I mean, anymore. Mm -hmm. And then what are they going to take next? And then what are you going to take next? And then what are you going to take next? We we obviously know some people who are on several medications and are are going off those medications because they don't they don't work. Explain that to me because I'm not I'm not a physician. 
But does the body become immune to all of these things? Essentially, it, it becomes an equilibrium and your body does get used to the medications. And so then you have to either start increasing doses, you have to change to a different medication. Um, your body is smart. It's mm -hmm. very, you know, in tune with itself. And you start putting things in that doesn't belong there, it's going to try to kick it out. It's going to try to metabolize it quicker. So sometimes that happens with people too, is that they take their medications and they're fast metabolizers. So they might get, you know, a couple hours of benefit from it, but then it's gone. So, oh, whoops, we got to take this again another couple hours. So then you're taking it four times a day or six times a day because your body's just trying to eliminate it more quickly. So that can occur or, yes, you know, your body does get used to it. That's like the people with their pain medications and the yes. drug seekers and things like that. It's like the high only lasts for 30 seconds. And then you take it again two hours later, and the high is only there for 30 seconds. So wow. you have to keep taking it and keep taking it so you can have that euphoric feeling. And then the body becomes addicted. Yep. And then it's like almost next to impossible to come off of it. Right. It's very almost difficult. like th you have to go through a detox. You do. Mm -hmm. And that's even, you know, simple, um, not simple, but medications, you know, like, you know, for seizures and things like that. You know, you can't just come off of those things. Right. You know, those things have to be tapered and you know it's individualized for the patient for the person yes so um I, I i i used to have seizures i don't know if any of you know that um i had them fourth through eighth grade grand malls uh was on phenobarbital uh through those four years i don't remember anything i was saying you're comatose comatose mm -hmm. and um and I look back at my school pictures and you could totally see the glaze over my eye. Um, interestingly enough, I, two years ago, when I was, saw my integrative doctor who cleaned uh, through chelation everything out. And so it, it's interesting because I started having so much anger towards doctors and I didn't know why like which I feel is one of the reasons why we have a studio is to go more alternative I mean in in addition to my accident and things like that but I was so angry with and I didn't know why I didn't know why I was angry at the medical community I didn't know why I was so that's not the way, like, that's not the way we need to, we need to do more alternative approaches. And then finally I went into a meditation and said, why am I so angry at these people? And it showed up because I lost four years of my life being comatose and disconnected from source. That medicine would not allow me to connect. And I didn't know it at the time because I'm in fourth grade. You don't, yeah. you're not thinking about that. And so, um, so I, I had to go through for, I had to go through forgiveness for my neurologist, for my doctors, because they only knew what they knew. Right. That's and what so, they're taught. that's what they're taught. And I had to do the, um, you know, all the testing, I had to get blood tests like every three months to make sure the medicine wasn't affecting anything to see where my levels were. You know, um, I had to go through everything. And <laughs> I asked them, I was smart enough to ask my neurologist, why is this happening? 
And his response was, we don't know. And I'm like, you don't know what's wrong with me? And he's like, no. And you know what? They In the end result, because I stopped having them, um, their conclusion was I was going through puberty. That's what their conclusion. You don't have seizures from puberty. <laughs> that's that's their that's where that's what they wrote. Luke's neurologist. Um, Luke has different seizures. He has frontal lobe seizures, which manifest. He he doesn't lose consciousness. Um, it's actually oftentimes misdiagnosed as tics or Tourette's. And so we had to go and have that looked at prior to his diagnosis with frontal lobe seizures because he would literally, I, you, I could just start seeing these little tells. Um, he'd get this goofy smile on his face and I knew, okay, he's going to start punching the air. He's going to jump up and down. He's going to make weird noises. And he could feel the aura basically coming yes. on. So he started them when he was 12 out of the blue, no rhyme or reason, but they manifest at night. Ooh. So he could have been having them for a really long time, but I just assumed he was dreaming or, you know, right. I talk in my sleep, you know, I mean, I just figured like mother, like son type thing, you know? <laughs> um, and then, but he started looking really bad and that's where I'm like, okay, something's not right. And then we started seeing these daytime, it started coming into the daytime. They Basically, we were told could be because, you know, he's at 12-year-old age, you know, the brain is changing, blah, blah, blah. Um, he was off the medicine. Um, he was taking trilaptal at that time. We had two years seizure-free, began weaning, no problems. But then a year ago, they came back. Um, and he noticed it during the day. Thank goodness he was smart enough to let me know immediately where mm -hmm. he just say, mom, I think I'm, I'm having that feeling. And I'm like, let's go get it taken care of. Let's go look at this. Um, but interestingly enough, he's been, it's been controlled for a little over a year and we've had to change his medicine because the trilaptal did not work for him this time. And doctor was baffled. Like, why did this medicine that worked just three years ago, four years ago, why is it not working now? Mm -hmm. So we had to change to a different medicine, mm -hmm. which was kind of a crazy wean off one, get on another, you know, because you can't not be on something right. when you're having seizures. Right. And so, um, but he had only been, and this is the weird part, they were so like to the date, you know, he's got to be a year seizure free before we can start you know, weaning, we want actually two years. And this was a couple. Now it's like we went in for his appointment in May and he had hardly been seizure free controlled on this medicine for eight months. And he already wanted to wean him. And of course, his dad and I kind of looked at each other like, um, we didn't know this was the conversation we were having today because we were assuming another six months, you know, and so we did opt to say, no, let's leave status quo right now. However, I asked him about meditation mm -hmm. because you have said in here, if you've had seizures, you know, talk to your mm -hmm. doctor. He had never heard. He thought I was talking about, <gasps> he, he didn't know what I was t talking about as far as like, why would I need to ask him if wow. meditation was contraindicated for Luke? And 
And he was like, I've never, there's no research that supports that meditation wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be able to do it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting here going, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, doctor. I'm just, you know, it was yes. mentioned to me via a meditation instructor who has yes. been instructed in her training yes. to make sure that this happens. I just wanted to make sure if Luke decided he wanted to meditate, that there wouldn't be any. He spent more time trying to tell me that I was like crazy for even asking the question. Wow. He's like, they don't know. He, he had no clue. And he's like, you know, there's lots of research that shows how good meditation is, you know, mind. Well, he changed mindfulness. it to mindfulness. Right. That was Big his difference. term. Yeah. Um, he changed it to mindfulness and redu reducing anxiety and, you know, went that route. Um, in the end, though, I was happy that I got the okay that if Luke wished to begin meditating, that he didn't see any reason why he couldn't. Right. Well, Which the good news awesome. is with Luke is that he can feel the onset of it. Yes. You know, um, I could tell the onset too. So um, it, it's it's crazy how you know they're coming. And I don't know how you know they're coming. You just, it's a feeling. He yeah. told me he would immediately start feeling self-conscious like the whole world was looking at him at one moment. Oh. Like he just felt like all of a sudden everybody, everything was on him. Interesting. And that was his, that was how he interpreted it. So uh -huh. I just had to go by what he said. Right. He just say, I just, I just feel very self-conscious, like everything's on me. That's crazy. And I'm like, okay, I don't care what you call it. Just tell me if you get that feeling. You right. Know, so we know. For me, it was my eyes kept crossing. Like I couldn't uncontrollably, my eyes would start crossing. First, I'd get a, a, a feeling in my stomach. That something was off and then my eyes started crossing and then I go uh oh uh, I'm getting ready to go and then then everything just short circuits and but interestingly enough I have the same past life memory every single time I had a seizure mm. so you'll have does you'll have to ask him if he has any memory of anything um I would always wake up at the exact same point I would never get past the same vision we call it in that time we called it a dream right <laughs> but the more i started researching this um the more i realized that i was just going back in time and so whenever there was a short circuit of disconnect here is when i would go and then it would just almost kind of like lights off and then i would go back to this memory and then i would wake up and be completely fine i didn't mm -hmm. have um like the, all the every every ounce of pain that I had would go away. Every in a stomach it would go away. Everything would just be gone, and I would I would sometimes I would be like, please, can I just have a seizure so then everything can reset? <laughs> so um, yeah, it's crazy, but it was interesting. My anger that was so connected because I was angry for them putting me on this medicine because it was a disconnect. So interesting, yeah. So now I'm not angry anymore, but, um, but I, it, it's interesting how all that surfaced when it was coming up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he doesn't lose consciousness. He's aware of everything that's happening when it's happening. He just can't control it yeah. when it happens. Yeah. It's kind of, it's so weird to say this, but it's kind of a eu euphoric feeling when you go out. Meaning that, um, you just, there's, there was no fear. There's no nothing. You just, Okay, see you later. And then you wake up and it's like, whew, whew. it seems like you're out forever. I mean, I, I, I don't know how long I'm out for, for a minute. Um, but uh, 
yeah, when you come back, it's like, ooh, okay, I feel good. It's like a whole reset. Reset. It's like when you reset your iPhone. <laughs> like everything shuts down and, okay, good, ready to go. And all of a sudden I have lots of energy and. I actually, no. I mean, most people when they come out of their seizures are tired. Oh. Some of them are exhausted and stuff. So I don't hear about it's the reset. Abby. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably like information overload. Reset. Reset. Yeah, no, it's been. But I remember um, when I first had one, um, they wanted me to take it slow, you know, just rest, don't fall asleep, but just take it easy. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm good. But it that's what it was like for me. It completely shut down reset. So, but I haven't had any since forever, you know, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, it, it was just, I feel to, for me, it was a reconnecting to source is what I feel that was. Um, but it took me longer to reconnect because of the processes of, I needed to be on this medication forever. So. When you said you kept going back to that same memory, do you think there was something that you had to work through? For sure. To get that yes. out of your system? Yes. To stop? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. Yep. Which is why I'm so interested with people who do have seizures. Like, what? where's the loop? There's some... In my opinion, I'm, this is woo woo, right? But there's some there's some looping that's that's going on on some level. That's either an imprint that's being carried over, or there's a short circuit that you just need to you need to let go of in order to continue on some level. Um, I'm sure science doesn't believe any of that, but yeah, it's brain development is what I keep hearing is the term when when its brain matures a little bit more when you know growth and I'm like well I grew up without them what what's the difference here right I I, I think we, we have just such a vast our body is so amazing and so it does what it does and what it needs to do uh, so I just think that there's so many things that we don't know and that we're trying to decipher and figure out um, but it's just fascinating how we all have these things like so when I was bringing out all my traumas um <laughs> I think it was like 14 years ago um uh, my detach my retina detached and complete like almost a complete tear and um I usually for this type of tear um there you have a severe blow to the head like, um, so when I went, so all of a sudden I was, at, I was at work and all of a sudden I noticed I could only see a diagonal out of my left eye, everything to the top left of the diagonal was completely black. And I'm like, like, that's weird. And I was just on the computer and I'm like, Hmm, that doesn't seem right. Maybe I need to call my eye doctor. So I called my eye doctor and I said, something really weird just happened. Like the whole top triangle of my left eye I can't see anything out of and he's like you need to get here right now and I'm like mm, kind of sounds serious he goes you need to get here right now so I go and um so he he does his exam and whatever I'm in no pain does nothing hurts and it just is weird because I my vision is deteriorating and so um he's like I called um, a specialist they are waiting for you 
you need to get over there right now. And I'm like, is this serious? He goes, you just need to get over there right now, please. And I'm like, okay. So I go there and he looks, does his exam. And um, I had emergency surgery the next morning. <laughs> so, uh, and I was down for 60 days, you know, because they did the sclerobuckle, which you have to, I sound like a physician. Um, so where at that time that I had it done, um, I needed to lay flat on my face um, in order for that to heal for the for the bubble. Um, so um, very lucky that my vision is as good as it is. I see 2020. I have an implant in that eye now. Um, but there was no trauma to my head. There was no accident. There was nothing. It just tink, tore. And so I'm like, what is this? You know, I've had so much trauma to my body and um, just there just shows. And so now they say once you have the 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 thinning of your retinas, more than likely you're going to have it on the other eye. So they keep, you know, a very close look at my one eye. Um, and I've not had, I check, check it, like make sure I don't sing diagonals, um, and things like that. But it's just, you just, the body just does what it needs to do and what it needs to do and how it, whatever experiences that you're supposed to pay attention to. But interestingly enough, eyes, the, the energetic, um, the energetic emotion for eyes is what are you not paying attention to? Like, what are you not seeing? Well, at the time, I was in a very not good relationship that I wasn't paying attention to. And interestingly enough, um, I was with this person at the time of my eye surgery. And a lot of truths came out when you're when you're completely laying face down and can't do anything within hours of every everything being fine. Lots of truths came out. And so then right after my surgery, it's when um, Christopher and I connected. So uh, it's crazy how something happens to get your attention um, and then you deal with that and then your whole life changes. So it's pretty fascinating when you, know, when you look at it from, from that perspective. So we haven't ever talked about this on a podcast, but it's interesting that's coming up. So what else can you share about your experience, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> I hate these on the spot questions. <laughs> I don't really know what direction you're meaning with that, I guess. Um, Just with life and meditation, you're moving forward with it, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I obviously have a pretty solid practice at home outside of coming to the studio because if I didn't, I'd probably be pulling my hair out. It's just what happens. Um, I, You know, my environment at work is very stressful, and it's funny that I've been kind of thinking about things lately, too, is that I think that I'm learning a lot of pieces coming to the studio and Christopher's classes and things like that, so something will trigger. Um, somebody will say something at work or something happens, and I'm like, oh, I have this to tell you. And it's just like, how do you know this stuff? Or where do you, I'm like, studio. <laughs> but you also have to believe in it and practice it as well. You right. can't just tell somebody something that you don't believe in because it's not going to work. Right. Not for you or for them. Right. Absolutely. So, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I practice what I preach. So. Well, even that, that um, 
going back to the blood pressure person, you know, you're 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 now able to help and supply information from both medicinal side and the energetic side. Uh, and that's the whole point of our purpose here is that you, we share here and then you share. And then you just, you take it and then you, you share it with as many people as possible because it works. I mean, it works. And so that's, that's our goal is to share as much as we can to everyone so then they can start sharing it with other people because I feel that our world is we don't know what we don't know we're not talking about this and until we start talking about it then we have more conversation around it so uh, meditation is kind of trending right now so it's it's buzzing people are curious now science is on board with it so now so now it's more and more people are jumping on the bad wagon before you know five years ago it was like what are you doing like are you do you, are you belong to a cult you know like wh what is this and so it's not that so much anymore to some people because they just don't know. Um, and we as a culture, we tend to shut down what we don't know or what we're not comfortable with. So um, it's awesome to hear these stories, you know, flickering and, and sharing and expanding on many levels. So awesome. Um, thank you, ladies, for being with us in the studio and sharing a little bit more about your personal stories and and being as dedicated as you are to the studio we so appreciate you both so thank you for being with us thank you for always having us yes <laughs> awesome have a good night everyone <laughs>